Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for having me again as your teacher here. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? I am ready, you know. I am ready to learn and to teach. Are you ready to learn and to teach? Are you ready? We're doing this together. Okay, good. I am Nakita Barnett Hamilton, your social studies teacher. <laughs> I see the smiles on the face and uh, I love that. I love that because I trust that you're doing well. And if you're not doing well yet, you will by the end of this class. And if I'm to extend it a little, I will say before the day ends. So let's get into the meat of the matter. All right, we know what we do, right? What we do, Oden? What, what are we going to do now at this point in the lesson? The objectives? All right. <laughs> okay, so for today's lesson, we're going to be looking at social groups. We're continuing, but specifically, we're looking at the difference between formal and informal groups. We're also going to be looking looking at the difference between voluntary and involuntary groups. We are going to be describing what are some of the requirements to make a group cohesive. Are you following me? Following? All right. Thank you very much um, for listening and reminding us about the objectives now we're going right into it after the objectives we want to to, to do what thank you um ria we're gonna be looking at what we did last class so we know that we're continuing of course based on the objectives on social group so last class we would have looked at the definition, yes, correct, of social group. Want to say what that was, um, Rio? Social group, two or more persons working towards a common goal. I like that you said that, common goal. They interact on a regular basis. They may have a certain pattern, very good of behavior, and expected relationship, expected way of operating, expected um harmony i may put it, 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 it the, the the frequency of the group coming together stimulates harmony among the, the group true among and with it all right now we looked at the characteristics of of social groups we also looked at primary and secondary group very good thank you very much. All right. And I hope and trust that you are studying and you are practicing your CSEC questions. First off, we want to, I want you to think about, let me pick on, um, let me see. Um, Odin, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. Have you ever been to a wedding? <laughs> I'm not disrespecting you. Stop it, man. Have you ever been to a wedding? All right, good. You just go on. All right, that's even better. Have you ever decided with your friends that, you know, we'll go to us, put on our clothes, and we're going to chill? 
whether we're going to go into Ochi or we're going to go um, into Mobe town or we're just going to just, we're just going to hang. We're just going to hang around. Good. When you were going to the wedding, what would have made it different from you just deciding to go and hang with your friends? The way you're dressed, all right? Uh, okay, it's a set time that you had to follow. There were different things happening. So you had the pasta, all right? So there was a program. Very good. When you went with your friends, was that the case? No. All right, good. And that is how I like to describe formal or versus informal groups rather. When you are in a, a formal group, you find that the structure is different, very different. So formal groups, they have certain criteria for you to join or to, to become a member. There are certain criteria and that's the same thing with a wedding. You can't just take up yourself and go to a wedding. You must be invited. Truth. So formal group, there are certain requirements that you must meet to become a member. The line of authority and leadership is clearly outlined. Clearly. So you know that you have the president or the vice president. You have the secretary, you have the treasurer. You ha it's clearly outlined. They also have written rules and these rules serve to monitor and or control the behaviors of the members. Following me, everybody? And in formal groups, they have what we call clearly outlined goals and they operate accordingly. They know what they're working towards and they operate accordingly. Good. In the informal groups, though, right? They don't have written rules. So when when Odenia, your friend, go again, you don't have no rule. But say, all right, you must be here um, by six o'clock. If you're not, you'll be penalized. You must ensure that you dress a particular way. Other everybody just go on and out. Truth. Right, that's that's not so with the formal, but in, in the informal, that's how it is. There, there is no written rule for to control the members' behavior. The leader, the leadership is not clearly outlined. It it emerges like while you are operating, you may have somebody that the group listens to more. The the, the group decides. All right, what this person says is very valuable. Let us follow the such leadership however it is not written right no roles and goals they are they are there they are there so you know certain things are expected but they are spontaneous they are not written they are not set in stone and members can leave and join the group at any time An informal group leave join any time and that's not the case in formal group you have to follow a particular order so you give two weeks or a month's notice and then you are allowed to leave at that time everybody following all right i want you to just quickly draw a diagram in your book 
and I want informal groups on one side. Then I want formal groups on one side. Informal on one side and formal on one side. In that diagram, I want you to have one, two, three, uh, one, four spots. You are pretty much showing the difference between both groups. So you're going to write what differentiates a formal group from an informal group. I'm giving you just two minutes to do that quickly. Two minutes. Just want to make sure that you are following and you have the structure right. And I want you to give examples of both. Examples of both. Last class, we would have highlighted some of the primary and secondary groups. I want you to give examples of informal and formal groups based on the description. All right. Good. Ready now? On to the next. If you're ready, say on to the next, miss. On to the next and finish with that part. Okay, good. We're going to be looking now at involuntary versus voluntary group. Voluntary versus involuntary. Involuntary versus voluntary. Now, how many of you completed your community service? Like you completed it? And don't use COVID as an excuse. There are opportunities that they would have provided for you online that you can volunteer. How many of you? All right. If say you don't finish it, let, let, let us be fair and truthful. How many of you would have started because you got this from you were in grade 10? How many of you started? All right. Good. And the others of you, you have to get yourself together. The community service. Why is it important? Why is it important? It allows you to, to give back, all right? Would you consider it a, a voluntary activity or an involuntary activity? <laughs> well, lad, Jason said, don't miss it. No, it, it, it. The voluntary, the voluntary coming of the choice, we need it to graduate. <laughs> when you look at it from that perspective, <laughs> I'm just to laugh. When you look at it from that perspective, I get what you're saying. But the act, when you go to the institution, are you volunteering your time? All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. And I just want to pause here to interject and interject. It is important that you practice volunteerism. Give of your service without expecting anything. Apart from the fact that it builds your resume, it builds character. It builds character. A lot of persons would have started out just giving of their services freely. And to date, trust me, some started working there. Some persons would have forged some beautiful relationships. 
at this day and age, I know a lot of you. Oh, I'm not getting paid. No, 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 work. No, give off yourselves freely where you can and when you can. Thank you very much. Plug finish. Let us move back on. So, for voluntary groups, these generally exist because people perceive a need and work together to bring about change. So they see a need and these persons decide that they're going to come together to bring about change, to provide either a service or some benefit to a community, right? So voluntary group, persons see a need, they want change, they come together, they decide it, they, they, they decided that they wanted to do this nobody would have asked them to even if they they were approached they made the decision to be a part of this group because of the purpose or what the need is right an involuntary group though are persons working together because they have no choice they have no choice none at all True. So when I think about involuntary group, <laughs> automatically, sometimes my brain goes to the U.S. and I think about the military. If, 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 if a war is declared, you know, hands down, especially all the males, they have to go and fight for the honor of the country. Involuntary. The family. I didn't choose my family. And we, 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 we just have to work together towards some things. That's an involuntary group. Voluntary groups now, I know sometimes we go out and we feed the, the less fortunate, we feed the poor. We go into some institutions and we, we help like golden age persons. Those are some voluntary groups. We see the need and we, we seek to assist accordingly. Are you following me? Everybody following so far? All right. Good, good. That is important. Any questions? Okay. Yes, yes. So for, so for the voluntary, so, so, so this question is pretty much on voluntary versus involuntary. So for the voluntary groups, you can look in your space in your school, can you imagine any clubs or societies that you would see do things on a voluntary level? Key club, good. ISCF, very good. And <laughs> jokingly, uh, I think it was Jason who said that they didn't have a choice but to go and do the community service. That is a voluntary group. So pretty much involuntary rather. Pretty much all of you here would participate in activities that you had no control over because of the guidelines of the institution. Very good point. Very good question. Now we want to move on to group cohesion. Group cohesion when you think about cohesion cohesion and you know i like to cater i like to go grassroots sometimes so when we say cohesion you know i'd spell it for everybody c-o-h-e-s-i-o-n c-o-h-e 
S-I-O-N. Now, when you hear the word cohesion, what comes to mind? What comes to mind when you hear the word cohesion? All right? Togetherness. Ah, look at that. Togetherness. For a group to be effective, for a group to accomplish the common goals, be it written or unwritten, group cohesion is necessary. So there are certain factors that are important for a group to survive. These We call these the basic factors for group cohesiveness. Group cohesiveness. If the group is going to survive, if the group is going to thrive, if the group is going to meet its objectives, there are certain factors that must be in place. Let us look at them. Let us list them first. Let Put up your hand. I want to hear from you. If a group is supposed to function effectively, what are some of the factors that must be in place? One, they need, a, they need rules and order. All right? So we're going to take that. I, I, I'm going to use that heading as control. So for a group to be effective, there has to be control, some level of control. Good? Next, what you said, achieving goals. So there needs to be control, one. There needs to be aim. What are we here for? Are we just a group of chicken heads? Or are we working towards something purposeful? So there has to be control. There has to be aim. What else? cooperation very good there must be cooperation members must be willing to work together so you may not see eye to eye on everything but you must cooperate what else commitment and loyalty loyalty and commitment whichever way you want to put it it is important they are important and not hearing that one yet, I thought that one was going to come out quick. Leadership. Leadership. You need solid leadership. You also need authority. So, you, you listed them. So, f- the factors that enhance group cohesiveness include aim, leadership, authority, control, cooperation, commitment, or loyalty good we have those all right now when we talk about the aim we want to know anything that we are going to be a part of whether it is good or bad and i am going to to encourage us to lead towards the good we want to know why the aim is pretty much our why we want to identify with what we are a part of 
and the aim of any group seeks to bind membership together because we are working towards completing something. We are working towards a common goal. We are working towards a common mission. The aim gives the group a sense of direction. And if we do not have a sense of direction in a group, then we are not going to make it. We need our goals, we need our objectives rather, and and we would need a vision. We are going towards it. That is why for my classes, we make sure that we do a vision board, let it be personal and also one for the class. Leadership, on the matter of leadership, good leadership ensures now that what? The aims are met. The aims are met because if we don't have leadership everybody will do their own thing we need leadership to steer us we're not saying we're having a big stick over our backs or so we just need leadership effective sound leadership to remind us where we're going if we're falling off track we need that that guidance to say all right let us pick up and go again and we just we we would we would Delve some more in the next class in the types of leadership, right? That's important. The types of leadership and who, who remember off the top of them head what the types of leadership styles are. The democratic, very good. The authoritarian or the autocratic, <laughs> good. The laser fear. So whatever leadership style, the person uses in a particular group it is important that the members are are, are 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 making sure that the aims and the objectives are met otherwise the group makes no sense very good now we said aim we said leadership now we're going to look at authority so Right, I know sometimes we would confuse them, but guess what? When it comes on to the authority now, the leader must, this is where the leader must, um, let, let me put it, to exert, exert the power that he or she has to ensure that the objectives, the aims are met and, and that there is some amount of control in the group. So all all the the, the the factors that we outlined a while ago rest remains and abides with the leader that's just the truth because the leader now has to ensure that he or she gives orders and direct activities of the members mm-hmm so if you see any little foolishness are gone you have to bring the group back together that is where authority comes in the, the leader also has to allocate resources and apply sanctions. Yes, I know some of us don't like that, but it's true. Big people, small kids, we need this. Apply sanctions where necessary. So you breach, then you must know that there is a consequence for your action. The leader in the same breath must also complement, give commendation. That is important as it keeps the group going. Now, so we looked at aim, we looked at leadership, we looked at authority. 
control. Groups develop procedures which regulate the behavior of members and these, the, the, this regulation promotes order and stability within the group, right? Because the leader is important, but I like to say every group has a culture. Every group has a culture. And when you become a member of a group, you, you are expected to be a particular way. You're expected to, to know certain things. You see, when you get into the meat of the matter, it is the culture of the group that will dictate longevity, will dictate togetherness, will dictate how far the objectives will go. Hence the need for control, right? So it's not like you're just walking around and everybody, the leader over your head, remember to do this, remember to do that. No. The, the norm, the unwritten rules, the norms of the group will dictate how the members behave. Yes, the unwritten rules will dictate how the members behave, right? So that is why when you walk out and you see somebody for the first time in the morning or whatever time of the day, you say good morning, you say good afternoon, you say good evening. Because it is, it is a means of control. It is a means, it's an unwritten way of managing society. It's just there, and, but it's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. Very good control. Right? We say please and we say thank you. Right. So those are unwritten rules that guide us, that guide our behavior. Every group, too, as a means of control, we call these mores. Some may say mores, M-O-R-E-S, mores. There are, these are forms of norms, right? I like to call them moral compass, moral compass. Within a group, it is important that you know that certain behaviors are unethical, for example, you do not take what is not yours. You respect other persons. You don't deliberately injure or destroy, damage something for somebody. No, it is wrong. And these same laws, when we look at society in general, not laws rather, these same mores are oftentimes developed as laws. So these are some of the things that keeps the group under control, the norms and the, the mores, because it's important. And laws help to keep us together too. Good? Are we following? Mm -hmm. And do we see the need for control though? Even in this class, we have our own unwritten rules. We have our own mores, truth. All right, good. We're winding down, but I want to make sure you're following. Next one is corporation. Oh, boy. This is, that was a good oh, boy. This, like, this is really a 
key ingredient for group cohesion. Cooperation means that we must work closely together on whatever task or goals. We have to put our ideas and our skills, resources, or talents. We have to contribute in whatever way we can to make sure that we meet the objectives. And a lot of times we feel as though because your opinion was not used in this particular time or or did not fit it's just the truth opinions won't always fit or because your suggestion did not fit in this particular time then you must get huffed up and puffed up no we work together regardless as long as we are going towards the goal and we are doing it with much respect and love cooperation is important mark we're not saying that is all the time we must not take a suggestion. No, we must value each other. We must value the opinions of each other too, and 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 have a a good synergy that will allow the group to grow from strength to strength. Commitment and loyalty. Commitment and loyalty. Hmm. I am sure a lot of you understand here the importance of loyalty because I know some of you here. Yeah, your friend, no miss, da, 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 da. and you, you go all out. But when it comes down to committing to a group, we miss out. You should be loyal to your school. You should be loyal to your country. You should be loyal to whatever clubs or societies you're serving in. It is important. It allows the group to be strong and to, to continue from generation to generation. And those would be the, the factors that keep a group cohesive, right? So we listed them earlier. I want you to read them over. I want you to be able to write about them. So when we come next class, we will move on to another aspect of the syllabus, all right? Until next time, see you tomorrow.